Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, introduce the champ. Today we have the brand new Cage Warriors lightweight champion of the world. It is the Parmo King himself, Mr. George Hardwick. George, how are you doing, bud? I'm feeling very good. Very full in the belly. That's what we like to hear, man. That's what we like to hear. George, how does it feel to be the new Cage Warriors World Lightweight Champion? I just get moments of it sinking in. And it's like, say when a fight happens, you don't remember the whole fight once it's just happened. What happens is your brain kind of like drip feeds it to you in these weird ways where you just get moments where you go, fucking hell, that happened in the fight. Like, I remember, Mark, like, it just came to me a few seconds ago. Mark Goddard stopped to sort out Kyle's glove because the tape was coming off. And I just remember looking down and bleeding all in my belly. And that was a moment just popped up in my head. It's just weirdly, like, moments from the fight just are flying around in the ether then just popping at your brain. That's actually, that, that that's mad the way that it does drip feed like that. Um, obviously, you and Kyle came on, come on the show before the fight actually happened. I don't think we've ever asked anyone this after the fight. Did you get anything from Kyle from sitting down with the four of us uh, talking beforehand, or do you, like did that just not play any factor whatsoever? Um, didn't really play any factor. See, I stuck true to my plan of yeah. walking him down and throwing body shots. I thought he was going to wrestle more. That's the thing. He did say he, he was going to wrestle. Out. Get your wrestling shoes, and then like, how many shot? How many times did he try and take you down? I think it was like once or twice. It was like it was like two or three around, yeah. but he didn't like try and chain wrestle, like he said he would. He just jabbed me up instead. Yeah, he was he was very sort of tapping away with those uh, one twos that you know, and there wasn't a lot of velocity behind them. It was almost like a, a Diaz esque style of just you know, death by a thousand cuts by the by the looks of things. Did did he hurt you at any stage throughout the fight, George? I was never wobbled, but there was a stage where I'm like, towards the end of the first round, I'm busted up. And I thought, he's the wrestler. I'm getting embarrassed here. <laughs> there, there was, I was thinking that towards the end of the first round. I went back and like, I thought for a second, am I as good a striker as I thought I am? I was having these thoughts, but the way you prepare, you just end up doing everything automatically as well. So you just plowed on. Yeah, that is something I want to touch on. Obviously, um, after the fight, you you talked about you know Millsborough Fight Academy and how you know you're a small gym in the north of England, and you know it was uh, almost like a David versus Goliath in terms of gyms beating a lad from AKA. How much work goes in in the practice rounds with Harry? Because I know you guys say you're the only two pro fighters out of MFA, but how much work goes in with Harry for a fight like this? So yeah, absolutely loads of work goes in with Harry. Like we do a lot of drilling with each other, a lot of sparring with each other, but we've got quite a lot of lads in who maybe have fought amateur before and they've they've had the taste of competing and winning and then just gone back to being like more like a normal adult doing their their life and they'll come in and help us, which means the absolute fucking world to us. They've got their jobs, their families. They're, they're in the real world and they've got limited time 
and they're coming in to help us. Uh, it's just, I, I can't be grateful enough. It's like the people we're training with, like, they're electricians, they're, they're electricians, bricklayers, they're laborers, they're working businesses, they're working the real world, they're firemen, what have you, and they're giving up their time to help us. And it, it's, I, I can't appreciate, I can't express my appreciation and gratitude enough mm. at any point. And it's like going up against the biggest gym in the world where it's all pros. It's all fighters for all these different organizations and UFC guys. Like the first time I got back to the gym after the fight, it just blew my mind thinking about it. Mm. It was unreal. George, do you think Cold brought the best out of yourself? I th- yeah, I think we brought the best out of each other, really. Like, um, you know, his hands and his, his striking was really tidy. Maybe that's something he's just put absolutely loads of time into because he got the contender series fight. He won it, and he did win it mainly with stand up, but it, he wasn't like damaging the guy loads. So maybe that was something he's put absolutely loads of time into trying to make it more entertaining using his stand up more. So that's possibly like his best version coming in. It was definitely yeah. entertaining. Yeah, but it was very, very, very entertaining. Uh, you put Burra and May on, on the map. Um, t- tell us this, George. At what stage in the fight were you like, right, I definitely have this now. Like, he, he, he's fit to crumble. Uh, towards the end of the second was... I felt like good towards the end of the second. Into the third, I felt like... It was just like being in the process of it. He would do a big shoot. I would defend the takedown. And this was like into the late second, third. And I was just sort of tuned in to, to my own breath. So I, would, I wouldn't I would take the silent contract, you know, the thing that Teddy Atlas says, where you have a hard exchange, you both use a lot of energy. Okay, let's take a breath. We both look at each other and agree to take a breath. I just didn't want to do that at any point. There was a big wrestling exchange. Maybe he would land like three or four good shots in a combo and move. He'd throw some kicks. I would just make sure that I'm at that range. I put some straight shots into the body. And I get my breath back in after those big exchanges. I actually, like, there was one point he lands a few shots, he backs off circles to the fence, and I'm focused that much on getting my lungs open. That I breathe too hard, my gum shield pops out, and I have to just shove it back in because I'm, like, I'm focused on my breath that much. But the result of that is I didn't feel tired at any point in the fight. And obviously, obviously, I know you called the finish in the fourth. You said you're going to get him out of there in the fourth. Were you surprised when you were actually able to do it? Because he did seem quite durable. He did seem quite tough. Um, I'm not surprised by getting the finish in the end because Pete was saying this before the fight, my coach Peter Irvin. He says, you know when someone's starting to break. That's one, that's one of your skills. You know when someone's starting to break. You know when to ramp it. Ramp it up as someone's starting to break, not just ramp it up for the sake of ramping it up, but as you're starting to feel their fatigue, that's something you're saying, like you've got that sense of when people fatigue and when you can break them. And it was into the third round. I felt him slowing down. He would wait around and take shots that he wasn't taking in first or second because he was moving. Yeah. That first body shot knockdown, like, 
when that came, it, it came quite quick. And I didn't know if it'd be finished or not. Fair play to him for getting up after that. I did not expect that. And he landed his best shots of the fight, literally seconds later. Um, it was such an entertaining fight, George. Yeah, I think all George Harwood fights are though bad, aren't they? Yeah, I know. It was just, it was just wild. It was just so wild. In fact, all Hardwick fights are. Uh, as well. <laughs> all Hardwick so, fights. Yeah, are. I, I, I don't want to take away from Harry either. Um, <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, yeah, uh, you got the hand raised, and it became a very emotional moment for yourself. I know you touched on it um, post fight that you said you didn't think you'd get so emotional, but uh, now that you've had time to digest it, are, are you glad you let those emotions out in the cage? Oh, I mean, there's no way I could have not let them out in the cage. It was. Especially I got the the first knockdown. That was like a flash. I'm like, boom. I'm just kind of in the moment there. The second one, he's been breaking more and more. He used loads of energy at the end of the third round to keep himself in it, which he had to use. He had to use that energy to keep himself in it. And then in the fourth round, he shot that massive takedown. And I, it took a lot to fight it off. But once I fought it off, I just circled round again, getting that big breath in. I'm like, I've got him here. I've got him. He circled into, like, his punches had, like, 10% of the zip on them. He circled into that body shot, and it was as he was on the floor. Like, I'm throwing the punches. The fight isn't even over yet. And my brain is just, it's my belt, it's my belt, it's my belt, it's my belt. And then when Mark, Mark Goddard's in the corner of my eye, when are you going to step in? When are you going to step in? <laughs> oh, shit. And then it was just fucking... Uh, it was, it was just mental. I wasn't full compass mentis at that point. I didn't think so. It was mental, Baz, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, George. George, like when the when the belt was finally put put around your your waist, like how did that feel? And uh, also, have you got the belt there? Yeah, I got the belt here. So it has been taken off. How, how did that feel when that when you finally got that moment? Because like usually you're you're very happy go lucky, but like to see you so emotional, George. It was uh, I. I think everyone got to see a different side of uh, Mr. George Hardwick there. Uh, it's, I think that build-up of cancellations, you know, first time the title fight was set, it went on the day. It went in like, it was as gutting as it could have been hours before it, on the day. That was, you know, just was shit to go through. And then it was like, this opponent, that opponent, this opponent, can't get a title fight. Had to go through another fight for it, which was 100% worth it, that Capera fight, because I was so attuned to the venue. I was in the rhythm of the fight, yeah, like in the rhythm of fight camps. And then this one was a really long fight camp. I've never had an opponent's notice this long. It was, a, it was about three months, three months or more, like 12 weeks. I've never had this before where it's the same opponent, the same guy I'm preparing for, the same name, the same game plan I'm drilling in, drilling in, drilling in for 12 weeks. And it was just that accumulation of time. I couldn't hold it back at that point. Yeah. So like, uh, for the people listening now, um, myself and Ross were in the back after and then George came in and he was doing some interviews and his girlfriend was there and they embraced after and it was like one of the most, most one of the most emotional things I've ever seen. It was just, just it was very emotional, Ross, wasn't it? Yeah, it really, really was. It was, it was a nice touching moment for, for yourself, George. And Beautiful like, moment. Uh, like, like you said, after the fight, you know what I mean? 
these are the moments that you work so hard for. And like, I know you said, this is Burroughs belt. And you know I mean, you touched on your team and how much everyone means around to you. And um, did you guys get to have a good, decent, proper celebration afterwards? Um, what did I do afterwards? I walked around the hotel with uh, Ben and Jerry's. I needed to clean my face because it started to reopen. Um, yeah. You saw us? Pretty much, yeah, I saw you. <laughs> Pretty much everyone was going to bed at that point, apart from me and Dean. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to my girlfriend's hotel, got a McDonald's and just... But then I couldn't even sleep. I thought I was going to clonk out. She clunked out, and then I was just still awake, like wide awake for an hour. So I was just watching fights back. Um, I was watching clips of everyone mentioning me in stories. There was a pub in, I was watching, there was a pub in Middlesbrough that aired the fight, and there was about 40, 50, 60 people in it. Uh, it's called the TS1. And it re- that really got to me at that point. Like, I had a few days after where I just like, my eyes would well up at, at, at uh, all sorts of things, just. Maybe the basal level of emotionalness was just that high already. But, you know, it's like I was watching this clip of this pub TS1 where everyone was celebrating and screaming when I got the win. And it's like normally I view fighting as quite a selfish thing, to be honest. It's like I not even like uh, I, I want to just build myself up and get a big name and money. Just in the fact that I enjoy the exchanges of the fight. No one else is in that fight. It's it's just for me enjoying the exchanges. But to see people like genuinely happy and celebrating at that level because of something I've done in the cage, that was making me well up. I was just sat there in the morning scrolling through these videos well, well enough. Yeah, but George, you do realise you're one of the most likeable guys on the Cage Warriors ro- roster between yourself After and Harry. Harry like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. By, by, by comparison with Harry, yeah, yeah but no, but you really are. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know anyone who has a bad words to say about you, so I'm not surprised. Like, I'd be more surprised if you told me no one in Middlesbrough asked you for a photo afterwards. I'm sure some people are stopping you and asking, but like, hey, George, getting a picture, and I'm sure all the kids in the gym want to follow up with you as well. Yeah, I brought the brought the belt in the gym the other day. Got a few photos with it. Ed Miliband gave me some backlore. Ed Miliband came in for the last position pads of the of the fucking fight camp to <laughs> sit on to sit on mount whilst I've just blasted pads. And he gave me some backlore. Well, yeah, just, just, it's it's been a level of support and stuff that I've just not had before. Is that it's, is that one of the uh, most proudest, proudest moments of your life? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I've never had like a build-up of emotion like that and just like at a release of emotion like that. I, I tend to think of myself as fairly stoic and fair. Not stoic in like, look at me, I'm stoic and tough or what have you. Just in a very like, I don't get flushed by a lot of the things because I'm like, we're on a floating rock in space. Why would I? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's I can't put in a words just the support and like the su- the support from Borough. You know how it's made people in my hometown happy. I I can't put it in any kind of words. It's insane. Is it is a 
that feeling of warmness then when you sit down to a freshly cooked parma was it the same same feeling as us. <laughs> Ooh, not that close, not that close. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, been, I've on a, been on a Palmo a day for the past three days. Well, it's the only way to be, George, though, isn't it? Palmo and a bit more. On Sunday, I went for a Palmo with my girlfriend. And I knew she'd struggle to finish a half Palmo. But I told her to order a full one because I knew she'd leave a half. So instead of me just having a full Palmo, I had a Palmo and a half Palmo. And that was just right. Some people go on the drink. George Harvey goes in the Paramos. You I better de- believe it. <laughs> I don't know how good an idea it is to go on the drink after taking that many digs to the brain. Probably, probably not ideal, but I think a lot probably of people do it anyway. I'm good. I'm giving it one week until like next weekend. And then until the George, weekend George, tell us this: we've been talking for a little over fifteen minutes, and we haven't mentioned what's next because we want to relive that moment with you. Um, I know you talked about Joe McCulgan in the cage afterwards. Uh, I know Mike Figlack uh, had some words uh, to say that he wanted a title shot next. What would you like to do next? And more importantly, I think it is, where would you like to fight next? So, I'm a competitor first. Brands and organizations, they're secondary. It's mm. all about opponents and what have you. Obviously, it's like, the UFC, if that's the offer, I wouldn't know who the guy in the UFC would be. Mm. So it's harder to put a face to that. Whereas Figlack and McColgan are people I've known for years in the scene. So they're easier to put a face to and easier to imagine imagine situations in the fighting hall or mm. train for it. So I have no idea at this point. I'm just enjoying getting back into training, eating shit tons of palmos. But I'd love either of those fights. Uh, and if the UFC calls, the UFC calls. I, I did see Cage Warriors uh, put out a new schedule. And I think Manchester is in November, if I'm correct. Barry will probably tell you now in a sec. But if that was the time, would uh, November be enough time to get back up? And obviously Manchester would probably be closer to Middlesbrough than anywhere else. Would that be something that would interest you? Yeah, because it's like November and December thirty first, like it'd be the be the back end of the year. Yeah. Because I've because <clears throat> I've been back to back to back fight camps. Even though the Medi fight didn't come off, I had Still a grueling I had a grueling fight camp for that. Mm. Especially training to fight a boxer, I had to get a lot of rounds with boxers where you kind of accumulate a bit more damage in sparring. So that was a hard camp. I've been back to back to back. Towards the end of the year, would give that nice little bit of recovery, little bit of mental break, and then I'd be back in. November twelfth is Cage Cage Warriors Manchester. Uh, the two in November. The three in November. Three in November. Yeah. I think I think it's like the fifth, the twelfth, and the nineteenth or something. It's a, it's it's three weeks in a row. Fourth is London as well. Twelfth yeah. Manchester, and then they go back to London again. Um, George, uh, another uh, question on that. Uh, obviously, on the media day, you and Harry did a face-off with Matt and Mike Figlack. <laughs> uh, what was that like? And was there a moment where you stood across from Mike and went, this could be on, this could be the next fight for me? Well, when the, with that stare down, it's just like, well, he's in my division. I can't stare away. But there's nothing going on in your eyes at that point. It's like, we stare down for 10 minutes. 
Uh, it was you about first. F- the lights went off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to get them out, Ross. <laughs> um, they had all the photography lights in there, and someone like stepped on a wire or something like that, and the lights went off. We looked around a bit to see what was going on. They went back on, and we just went back to staring at each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, get, I wished him luck. I was like, I uh, hope you bash Aggie. You know, he's a bit of a lemon. <laughs> like out of those, out of those two fighters, Figlak was way more entertaining than Sadari. We bumped into each other after the fight. He said congratulations to me. I said congratulations to him. <clears throat> he was saying like. He was saying, I'm glad you won the fight. You're more entertaining than like this kind of wrestling style. It's all, We have similar styles. We had respect mm-hmm. for each other on the night, but I like congratulated him. But, you know, to be honest, I had that massive stare down with him, and it wasn't like afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, riled up. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight him. <laughs> you, could pro- you could probably guess what I did. I went back. I went back up to the hotel room to chill. And play Resident Evil Four in my Nintendo Switch, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, just sort of stayed on with that guy, whatever. I'm just playing Resident Evil Four again. I think that's the most George Hardwick answer we've had today, yeah. Baz. <laughs> well, that, that's why we love George Hardwick, man. Like you know, George, like after you won that, like I mean, obviously we we, we being partial during the face-offs, and like we didn't really know Kyle, but we know yourself. But like after seeing you win, like we were just so proud of you, man. It, like even the media people there. Uh, in the backstage, like they were so happy for you, like everyone was, like you, you know, I mean, Graham, the whole the whole Cage Warriors family, and like even the way they looked after us as well. It was just such a great night, and uh, I think the cherry on top was yourself winning the title because we see all the work you put in yourself and your brother and going all over England training, and uh, it was just an unbelievable night. So, like, congratulations again from myself and Ross as well, George. Very, very proud of you, bud. Thank you. Jesus, Paz, that was almost emotional as George after after in the cage. That was, yeah, it was just man. The whole the night was just so emotional after. Like, just it was. It's so crazy covering the sport and seeing it like like that close up after. Because a lot of people go on with their lives after the event. Like they don't see the people after losing, and then they don't see the people winning like that. And it's it's just unbelievable. Yeah, but that's life. You know, like last week was one of the most dreamlike, amazing weeks I've had. It's starting with the heat wave which was just a weird experience into the weight cut and the weight cut went really smooth. Just being in London with Harry and Leon was just hilarious. Just one of the funniest times of my life before the fight. That was, it was just really amazing. But then again, you know, life's not just accumulating moments like possessions. Whatever happens, you're moving on. Yeah, you, you really, really do it. And especially in this sport, like everyone likes to look forward and, no one really likes to look backwards too much, but uh, also shout out to Leon, who actually probably is one of the funniest men of all time. Um, so you know, yeah, he, he's one to look out for in the future. If if the Hardwicks uh, let him represent MFA, you know he's going to be a good one. He got, <laughs> he got jump scared by every horn that went off in London. Every <laughs> horn goes off, and he's putting a stance on it, getting scared by. It. <laughs> he talked called Driscoll and uh, Khabib were coming from. <laughs> Shout out but, Leon uh, as well. He got a pair of shades as well. Yeah. Uh, but look, George, thanks a million for joining us. Um, like Barry said, the moment was surreal. It was such a special moment. Uh, it was great to have followed your career to date and see you have that special moment in Cage Warriors. Not everyone yeah. gets to do it. You're you're another man who gets to hold that Cage Warriors world title. You're one of the best that I've ever seen to do in Cage Warriors. We love covering you. 
you're a special, special character in this sport, yourself and Harry. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to wrap things up and say, if you like George Hardwick, make sure to give this video a like. Um, tell us your favorite George Hardwick moment of all time in the comment section. Uh, smash that subscribe button like uh, George smashed coil. And as always... Stay, Stay energized. energized. Where's me? Hang on. Where's it? Where'd I put my glass? Oh, they're on my head. Stay energized. <laughs> energized show up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.